There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone, Lawrence here, just putting this up top to give you a content warning for today's episode. We're going to be discussing Broadchurch Season 3, which does kind of go off into some sensitive topics. So just to let you know, we're going to be talking about sexual assault, rape, suicide... And if you're not comfortable with hearing any of that, then please, please, please feel free to skip this episode. You can join us next week for our Christmas special, which is probably going to be a lot lighter in tone and a bit more of an easy listen. So yeah, that's it from me. Thank you very much. And welcome to another Happy Pod, the only podcast in the whole entire world. Uh, this is a bloody little show where I'm here, and I'm called Nathan, and I'm joined with my co-host. His name is Lawrence Thomas Heisey. Hello, Lawrence. Hello, Nathan. How are you today? Are you going to interrupt me at any point? I normally don't get this far without you telling me to shut up. I'm very well, thank you. Lawrence, why don't you tell us all what this little <laughs> show is all about? This is a real whirlwind today. Nathan, this is a show where we get together and we talk about pop culture every single week. It could be a movie, it could be a telly show, it could be a video game, but the main thing is that we do so without any of the toxic discourse that is also prevalent these days. I was going to ask you how you were, but you've already answered that. Did you, like, were you going underwater at any point during that? What was with a deep fucking breath? <laughs> I was submerging. No, I realised I just roll it off, but normally I would have a little bre- breath before, but I didn't this time. So halfway through that, I was like, I need to breathe or I might pass away. Okay. I look, I breathe. I'm not ashamed to admit it. No, I'm fine, I guess. But I need better breath control. Yeah, I guess. But I still don't think you needed to just do a big dramatic breathe like that. You could have just breathed normally. But yeah, but no, but you know, you know, when you like you, you go, I'm going to get to the end of this bit. I'll be honest. I really don't care. Um, What is going on, Lawrence? It's it's the end of Crime Drama Christmas. We're coming to the conclusion, the last part of it, before we spin off into our festive special next week. What's it going to be? Ooh, who knows? Uh, I know. Um, but it's... So do I. No, you don't. Shut up. I might change it. 
Um, what's going on is what I'm saying, basically. It is It is what you're saying. Nathan, we're talking about Broadchurch Season 3. We've done 1 and 2. You can listen to them now. Um, quick wrap-up on 1. We both loved 1. Quick wrap-up on 2. You like 2. I prefer 2 less so, but still think it has cool parts. You said you didn't like it. I think I was being hyperbolic. I do yeah. like what it does. You were being a cunt is what you were doing. <laughs> no, I, no, I was just having an opinion, Nathan. God forbid. I didn't like it as much as I enjoyed the first one by a wide margin, but I still think it does some cool things. You see, now I'm scared because we, we, we kind of ended last week's episode with another bit of a punch up. And we was like, <laughs> we had another bit of an argument, as we often do. We argue all the time. Um, and because and, you were saying, you know, characters should never do anything ever apart from the one time <laughs> they do stuff. You like to paraphrase me a lot. <laughs> well, that's basically to make your you, point a lot clearer. That's, that's basically what you said. You basically said they, they should only exist once. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so who knows what's going to happen here today? I have no idea. I will say when I first watched Broadchurch... Series three, uh, when it aired in, oh, I think it was 2017 off the top of my head. Um, I might be wrong on that. It might have been earlier, but no, I think it was 2017. Um, I, I loved it. I, again, week to week, I was fucking gripped. I, I personally thought it was the best one of the three at the time. And then coming back and watching it uh, over these past few days, can confirm still have the same opinion. Still... Fucking grip, still believe it is the best of the three, and then you, it's a deeply tragic story and fucking heartbreaking and awful and stomach turning at times. But I, I think that's what makes it so engaging and and really interesting and gripping. And I, and I'm terrified to ask <laughs> how you feel about it. Okay. But but go on, tell me how much you hated it. You will be pleased to know that it is a banger. It is a certified banger season of TV. I still prefer season one. <laughs> I said I sounds, said it was good. Sounds like you hated it. No, it's an absolute <laughs> banger. Uh, season, I, look, season one for me, it's just like, it's so clean and focused and all about one thing. Because you always prefer the first thing. Nothing can ever top that for you. This is just not true. I made this point last week. Yeah. There's many seasons of TV that I prefer to the first season of that thing. Okay, but mm, I don't think that's true. But okay. Okay, you don't think it's, <laughs> you don't think my opinion is true that I laid out clearly for you last week? No, I think you're lying. <laughs> okay. You know I'm not lying. I always bang on about Daredevil season three. I've never heard you talk. No, I have actually. But yeah, <laughs> you also yeah, talk about Daredevil season show. one. Daredevil season three is boring. Look, we can argue about that, or we can be happy about. Broadchurch season three. What would you rather do? I'd rather talk about Daredevil season two, the best season of the three. Are you nuts? No. All right. <laughs> I can't dispute it. <laughs> I am sound of mind. That's right. Like, look, I know you. It's true. Um, I no, don't know look, if season... I actually believe that. I was just a wine drawer, to be honest. <laughs> I know. As many things you say are. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're, you're really good at getting me. You, yeah. you have a way about yourself that you can you can get under my skin because you have strong opinions and you and if anyone disagrees with them you're like no my <laughs> way is the right way no but i know typically i can pick up when other people are baiting me with that but you have a way of twisting the knife to just to make me go i know you're winding me up but it doesn't matter it's still annoying <laughs> <laughs> and i still have to bite on this uh look no uh, broad church season three um really enjoyed it it is like 
It starts so fucking strong. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, man, the, the pilot episode of this, not pilot, but like the first episode of this season is very much like a, it's just like straight away, it's like, we're back in the thick of it. Yeah, like, there's like, no there's like, a, there's no like, oh, David Tennant's come back to town and it's like a yeah. slow build up, a day to day, and then a thing happens and now there's a reveal. It's just bang, crime reported. Let's go through the very slow and very painful and very mm. awful process of collecting evidence and getting the first statement and all this sort of stuff and dealing with fucking trauma and what happens next and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and yeah, so it basically, a woman was raped and 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 that's the storyline of the season. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, if you did miss the content warning up the top, this is this is going to be a pretty heavy hitting episode talking about some not cool things. So be warned. I don't know why they would have missed it. No, it's, you know, some people just like, oh, I don't want to hear the theme song and just spam past it. No. I've done that a few times. No, you, you, you love every second of music. No, you see, you have this thing where if a song lasts more than two seconds, then it's too long. Because <laughs> for some reason you think our theme song and everyone else's theme song is way too long. Even though it's like less than 10 seconds. <laughs> Look, because <laughs> again, I've said it many times because you have ADHD. <laughs> Time is a resource, Nathan. All right. I've got things. To Not do. for everyone. Be... Not for everyone. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fine. Yeah. Look, um, yeah, I, I think it like, yeah, especially that first scene, it, it really does hold a microscope up to like just how kind of nasty, not not meaningfully so, but like how nasty like this kind of process can be like um someone has gone through like a very very traumatic incident and the next thing they have to do is kind of stand under fluorescent lights and be swabbed and poked and prodded and like and it, like you see how apologetic they are like ellie is the entire time saying um to what, what's the woman's name trish 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 yeah ellie the whole time is saying to trish like i'm so so sorry that we have to keep doing this and it's like if you're gonna try and like as a as a writer if you're gonna make an audience sympathize with a <clears> character like you need to have this be long drawn out and painful because you feel every ounce of sympathy you're ever gonna feel for trish in that point 100 percent, yeah it's um it's it's dealt i think it shows them that it, it does a good job to show like how much care is taken by both ellie and surprisingly alec and you know the 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 other staff working there like they at, at no point do they like make trish feel like she's a burden or anything like that like they're a hundred percent you know just just there to help her and apologize and when they do have to go through something that's uncomfortable and all that kind of stuff and it it really is just absolutely heartbreaking and i think the the actress who plays trish uh, julie julie hemmonsley um most famous for playing Haley cropper in coronation street um amazing really mm. oh phenomenal and I, like, she's not she never plays it as like something terrible happened to me and like that's all i am she's very very much like a well-fleshed out character like she's like winding up her husband she's like sleeping with other men this isn't the only like the the, the rape was not the only thing that defined her character throughout the entire yeah. thing yeah um which is good and like every scene that you see her in it's not just this happened to me and I am a victim for it. It's very much like I want to move past this and I want other things and feel other things too. Yeah. Um, which is, which is very, very nice. I, yeah. I like that this isn't like from a writing perspective, it's not another murder. 
Yeah. It's, it's something like, different. It's, yeah, and it and it kind of shows you how like horrific other things can be. So like like sometimes you know, and this has been done in in other shows as well, but like sometimes death isn't the worst case scenario. Sometimes it's like often isn't. Yeah, it's a horrendous pain that you have to experience and live with and try and confront and get past, which is often harder. <laughs> death mm. is often quick and easier to deal with because you're no longer there to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. the first season is all about a, a murder, uh, but arguably that's that's not the worst thing about it, you know? Like, mm. the, the murder was quick and fucking mostly, well, not painless, he was choked to death, but, like... Yeah, it, pretty, pretty crap way to yeah, go. Yeah, not, not great, to be honest, but, like, <laughs> you know... It, worst thing about it was like the pain and trauma that came afterwards for the the family and the town and everything like that really uh here's something interesting and also just very depressing at the same time so the (laughs) actress who's played trish um like i said she's hayley cropper from coronation street a very famous character like everyone will know hayley cropper um apart from you because you know nothing um, now, He's never seen Coronation Street, <laughs> which is bizarre. Who hasn't seen Coronation Street? It's the like, longest-running TV show in the world. Yeah, that doesn't mean I watched it. Have you seen every TV show ever? No. But did your like, mum never watch Coronation Street? I, if she did, it was when I went to bed. Like I just never saw it. What time did I you just... go to bed? It was on at like six. Oh well, then I guess then no, she didn't watch it, <laughs> or she watched it on like a rerun later on. Outrageous. Um. Anyway. Um, yeah, she played Haley, uh, who was a transgender character. Um, okay. Introduced in 98. And th- there was no issue with that. It wow. Was, exactly. It was just a storyline and a character that was introduced, and she was in the show for almost 20 fucking years. Jesus. And doesn't that just show you how fucked everything has become? Oh, really? God, how performative, like, recent times have How performative people. everyone's recent outrage is because yeah. of a fucking... <laughs> There's no point getting mad at something that happened, like, for 20 years, 20 years ago. Yeah. Because people don't care about it now. So it doesn't offend me now. Because yeah. I'd much rather talk about the stuff that other people are offended about now. God, I fucking hate that crowd of people. It just shows you that this is all completely manufactured. And always has yeah. been. Um, but yeah cultural wars anyway um yeah again she she is phenomenal in this though really Mm. really good so um we have like a kind of a whole not a whole new cast there are you know returning cast members but we also do have new cast members showing up as well we've got lenny henry yeah yeah we have other people (laughs) <laughs> That's true. There are more people than just Lenny Henry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've got a note that was like it was um, in Broadchurch season one. You're led to believe that like this is everyone of note in the town, right? These these are all the people like they all represent certain institutions. We know the journalist, we know the local priest, we know the local plumber that seemingly knows everyone. And this is very much like it's still in Broadchurch, but these are the people that didn't exist <laughs> like two years ago. <laughs> to be fair, these people mostly live outside of town, and they do say that. True. They yeah. do say they like live like on the outskirts, and like you know, like the next town over, which isn't like big enough to have its own like fucking police station or whatever. I don't know. They have to drive past a few like long green stretches of grass. Yeah. Like, every time they go see someone, David tends to like it's like a twenty minute drive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so your point is wrong. No, all right. I was making a little silly <laughs> no, point. I know, but I'm going to say it's wrong. And I'd okay. like you to say that for everyone now, please. <laughs> <Fuck's sake. laughs> 
Um, I like that they're on, no, they're on the... No, I'd like you to say it. <laughs> My point was wrong. Thank you. <laughs> um, I like that they're on, like, it being not a murder, they're on limited resources. It puts them on the back foot a little bit more. Yeah. Um, how they're, like, they're, like in, the, in season one, they had, like, the full force of everyone that worked at that police station, and this time they've got, like, just someone that is consistently portrayed as, like, a, a bit of a know-it-all at her job and not that good at it. Yeah. Um. So, like, it, it, they're kind of very much, like, it, it's back to the basics. It's back to, like, like Alec and Ellie just working this case in the most desperate way possible um, and trying not to make the same mistakes that they both probably kick themselves for every night <laughs> that they made in season one. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, anyway, new cast, new people. New um, cast, yeah. Who Who's the standout for you? Uh, well, Trish, obviously. Um, yeah. But then, like, there's just a whole bunch of terrible men. And, like, <laughs> yeah. the, the tagline of this, should, it should be Broadchurch Season 3, colon, gosh, men are terrible, aren't they? Yeah. Because Even the best ones still suck. They're all they're all pretty bad. David Tennant's all right. But they're all yeah. pretty bad. Um, yeah, the, like I say, there's Lenny Henry. There's... Um, Mr. Mechanic, there's the creepiest taxi driver you've ever met. There's <laughs> um there's young fisherman boy, and then there's who else is there? Oh, there's the fucking absolute wet lettuce of fucking Trisha's ex-husband, the teacher. Oh yeah. What an absolute idiot. what an absolute fucking what a, what a, I didn't like him at all. Just the just the biggest fucking just such a nothing bloke. Just an absolute... Just every turn, he's just, like, fucking up and he's doing the wrong thing and he's, like, breaking into someone's house. And he's like, yeah, well, I live there. It's like, there's no issue. It's like, it's no issue. Are you fucking insane? You installed fucking webcam fucking creepy software on a laptop and you're like, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, fuck off, you wet blanket. Yeah. I made. I'm, I actually made a list of all the objectification that happens in this season. Okay, great. <laughs> in terms of the casual men. Great. Um, and also just some of the institutions as well. The media's advertising is like, let's put a the conclusion to a murder case on a <laughs> page five alongside like the uh, some promiscuous women adverts. Let's yeah. do that. Uh, there's the porn being shared by teenagers, which comes back in a big way. Uh, there's page three posters in uh, garages. There's Lenny Henry stalking and being like, "No, I was, I'm allowed because I'm, I'm looking out for her." Yeah. No, you're not. You're not, and that's terrible. <laughs> Stop. What was that voice? That wasn't Lenny Henry's voice. Oh, that was my just like, I'm a brutish man voice, wasn't oh, it? Okay. Yeah. You yeah. have the, you you do the same voice for everything. Look, I got one. It yeah, works. Right. <laughs> I don't know if it works, but all right, go on and do your Lenny Henry voice since you're so good. Well, it's more of a Birmingham accent, isn't it? He's from he's from Dudley. So. Well, let's hear it then. I'll do more of a no. Are you uh, Dudley? Uh, from Dudley, uh, I walked the show. <laughs> I made yeah, yeah, that was your trigger phrase. Yeah, I'm from, from Dudley. Dudley. I'm from Dudley. Uh, I walked the shop. <laughs> uh, you come back to Ian full circle, putting uh, the uh, webcam spy thing on his wife's computer, <laughs> his ex-wife's computer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's like it's it's obviously on purpose but it's also quite interesting that even the characters that didn't do it as it gets revealed later on are still just like so blatant in their pushing of boundaries and disrespect for like women's kind of agency and like just 
they basically are like fine with it because they're like, oh yeah, I'm allowed to do this because I'm a man. Oh, that's not bad. I didn't. I wasn't the one that did the bad thing. Therefore, what I everything else I do is fine. <laughs> what is it? Um, Daniel Sloss, the comedian, he has like a bit where he talks about like how uh, a friend of his, a female friend of his, was raped and also sexually assaulted, and it was done so by a, a male friend of his. Yeah. Um, and like he he talks about like if he was honest with himself, did he recognize you know patterns in his behavior that would lead him to believe he could do something like this? And the answer was yes, but he didn't do anything about it because it's like it's none of my business. You know, if if he didn't see himself as part of the problem, then he's part of the solution. But yeah. that's that's not enough. You have to you know you have to actually put a stop to these things before they happen and. And I think one of the worst things that not one of the worst things, but a pretty fucking horrific thing that said is like when uh, I think it's quite early on when uh, Lenny Henry is first talking to the police about Trish's rape. He, he tells them like he says like Trish isn't the kind of woman this happens to. Uh, and yeah. it, it just it just made me feel so fucking horrible like and then like ellie or alec like follows up like what do you mean by that you know she and it's just like she's a nice woman like she and it's mm. just by he he isn't even aware of it but he's basically saying that other women deserve to get raped basically yeah. which is it's just it's and that's the the thing is that's the, what's so horrific about it is he's not even aware of it. He doesn't mm. understand why it's wrong. It's just ingrained in him and subconscious to be like, yeah. well, she's one of the good ones. She doesn't deserve to get raped. You know that woman who wears a short skirt and gets drunk and is quite promiscuous. Yeah, she she. If I can understand that, but not Trish. You know. Yeah, it's also just this complete like, and and this comes again a bit later on with um uh what what's the character the uh the the wife the the wife whose party it was kath kath yeah like you're kath horrible a, with names i'm really bad with names yeah no. <laughs> so i know their faces and i'm like i know you <laughs> okay um but no um yeah kath like has a horrendous line and i know she kind of apologizes for it and i know it was heat at the moment and she'd mm. been wronged and it was you know everything else but she has a horrible thing of like of all the women at that party to get raped why you mm. and it and it's like it, it like it speaks to what you're saying about this like this subconscious that you're like, because because Trish, like, bless her, not a comment on the actress, but she's like, she was cast to be an every woman, right? She's mm. she's she's not this like, like like you say, she doesn't fit the stereotype of like young and short skirt and like she's not like, conventionally she, attractive. She's yeah, yeah. exactly, and, she, yeah. and 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 obviously, and also she's like, I don't know if she's quite middle aged, mm. but like she's older than the average woman, uh, the average woman that like a man might fantasize for and all of this stuff. So it's mm. like. I, it's it's this like acknowledgement that like oh yeah it shouldn't happen to you but like in saying that you're implying that it like but it would happen to someone else and i get that that makes yeah. sense yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Fucked. i think the, i think the whole series three of like the reason i like it so much is it does deal with rape culture quite a lot and it's it's something that's um like because you know you got the whole storyline with fucking ellie's son and like the porn and everything like that and mm. and <sighs> is <laughs> is two boys watching porn on a phone in an alleyway weird i mean it's weird but like 
<laughs> it, it is weird for the fact that it is weird to do, yeah. Would you watch porn in an alleyway just with your mate? We got, didn't we, we, I'm sure we spoke about this last week about the, I don't know if you cut it out or not, but just the guy that I saw just casually No, I think I kept that in, yeah. Yeah, it's an incredibly weird thing to do. Yeah. And I also think that, like, I've never been a part of, like, one of these, like, like, I was a teenage boy once, but I've never been a part of, like, this, oh, send me that link. Yeah. (laughs) Go on the internet. Porn is a very solo activity. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not something I'd be like. Oh, I'll get my boys involved. A yeah. bit, of, bit of file sharing. I'll get the Google Drive up. I don't want anyone to fucking look. All right, I'm. Here's something. This is gonna. Let's. Let, you know, we we often delve into strange topics on this show. Last week we, especially had, in the last yeah, three episodes. Last week we probably had one of the. I don't know if it was the worst conversation ever, but it was. It was strange. Uh, anyway, um, we've never tread so lightly before. <laughs> We're we're very brave, is what we're saying. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm assuming, uh, like me, you would have grown up with unrestricted internet access. I did, yes. Yes. Okay. And as someone who is, uh, you know, married, and at some point will, I assume, you know, be discussing and eventually having children. That's the plan. Yeah. Would you allow your children to have when they get to that age? Obviously, have unrestricted internet access because like i'm i'm not a parent i never plan to be a parent i don't want kids i fucking hate them i like yours obviously, <laughs> yeah. but i fucking hate them okay all the others you'll kick in a bush <laughs> yeah even my own nieces and nephews they can fuck <laughs> off get away you're sticky oh my sister listens to this sometimes that's not true <laughs> <laughs> i love you all <laughs> he's being hyperbolic for comedy yes um but but like um yes so Unrestricted internet access. Would you allow your children to have unrestricted internet access? Because again, me, not a parent. Um, I I have no stake in the game, but I there's no fucking way I would because it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the and especially today when like because mm. me more than you, but like we, I guess you would have had a, like a smartphone in high school, did you? I think I think the damage it, it's a different conversation to when we were kids to versus like how my kids potentially would like mm. my future kids that don't exist yet <laughs> would like yeah kind of have to dance around this right because it's culture is so different and unfortunately we've regressed in terms of like a societal divide amongst like sex and genders right so there is like men are far less like I, I, it's a, it's a weird one because with big fucking horrendous kind of names on the on the platform, constantly encouraging young people to degrade women and to see them as objects and nothing more, yeah. it's a very damaging thing to introduce someone that is like still having their brain chemistry developed. It's a terrible thing to introduce them to, and an idea that like needs to be approached with so much caution. Like I would always like want to raise any kids of mine to like have like normal fucking ideals just be like yeah people are people it doesn't matter who they are what they are how they identify how i see them all of that is irrelevant to the fact that that is they're dealing with a real human person Mm. and like that would obviously need to come first but it it, it, it's such a fucking minefield isn't it to to answer your question no there is absolutely no fucking way in hell that they would be just allowed (laughs) to roam freely on just, the internet just, because the internet sucks now just give them a smartphone and then be like there you go 
Off your pop. <laughs> Crack on. <laughs> Get let loose. Off you go into that fucking wild west that is. Yeah. Is, because yeah, because like, it's it's so fucking easy for literally anyone to access Pornhub or anything like that. There's there is yeah. literally nothing stopping. Most of the time, it's hold on. Are you eighteen? Yeah, yeah. I promise. Oh, All right, cool. Cool. Sick. <laughs> Come on in, join the party, bro. <laughs> yeah. They really do. I mean, they really do. Like, and when I was like fucking 14, 16, you won't catch, you won't catch me dead saying this shit. I'd be like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but no, it genuinely is like so fucking damaging. And I, I don't think people realize quite how bad porn culture and, and rape culture have, have, multiplied because of it and, and it's an like, ownership thing it comes back to i can access porn freely and when i want and whenever i want and however i want it therefore women in real life should be subservient to that ideal and it's not just the the fact that you can access it it's also the the kind of content that gets pushed as well mm. and it's like because it's it's uh, it's not real it's like yeah. if if you if your only experience yeah if your only experience of like sexual relationships is through porn like that you're gonna grow up with such a fucking morphed perspective of what sex actually is and you're mm. gonna think it's supposed to be you know violent and and rough and all this kind of stuff when like it's it's you know and, and, and sure you can you can have that but like it's it's mm. it's not that's not all it is you know it's like yeah it's so fucking exaggerated and stuff and it's it's not real at all and i think ugh, it's it's a tricky situation to navigate but i just think growing up with only that and not like a real perspective can be so fucking damaging and again mm. another reason why i'd never want to be a parent but good luck i guess <laughs> yeah cheers um it, i think it also like there's there's an element of it where like it's it's about respecting yourself too like can, like poisoning your mind with these things right can damage your own outlook on life your own like kind of relationship with sex as you get older like it's 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 a completely like you're gonna you're gonna see women in real life wonder they why they don't look like the ones on your screen and then you're also gonna see yourself and wonder why you don't look like the men on your screen. Like it's it's something that is like yeah, I've been it, there. Don't do that. That's like, yeah, like it, but that's the thing. It's so yeah. damaging for yeah. your mind, and also it will seep into like aspects of your day to day regular life. These people that now are like the new Spider Man game that came out. You're like, oh, M MJ isn't isn't the, like supermodel attractive, and MJ doesn't have like enormous breasts and hasn't hasn't got like a look. Why does she not look like how I want her to look? There's that and voice like, again. Yeah, that's that, that's that voice. Yeah, but that's what they do, Nathan. That's what they're like. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what, like, th those people, the ones that are like, I use generative AI to make Mary Jane more attractive. I'm like, it's, so, it's so, so what? What What do you want to see that for? Do you mm? know what I saw? Like, oh, things I, the shit I see all the time, it's like edits of, like, Ray and, uh, from Star Wars and Ellie from The Last of Us, but they have, like, makeup and long hair. <laughs> and... <laughs> And like, oh look how much hotter they look! And like, motherfucker! Like, yeah. go to therapy, please. <laughs> did, did you see? Uh, did you see that one person that made like um made? Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but the the, mm. the character um from Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, um, Aloy. Yeah, that's right. right. They, uh, yeah. they like zoomed in right up to like the close high def graphics on her face, and there was just a, like, a tiny coating of like hair on someone's face. Yeah, and they were like, "Why does she have a beard?" And I'm like, "Have you ever seen a real person? Like, 
Fucking Le hell. Leave your house, my God. <laughs> it's not a hell. beard, you fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Lawrence, but anyway, to answer your question, yes, I'm always sharing porn with the boys in the alleyway. Great. I think what we should do is we should go for a quick ad break, and then when we come back, we should discuss something else. I think you're right, and this is definitely natural. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Lawrence, the Latimers are obviously back. They are. Um, now, obviously, you wanted them to die in uh at the end oh, of the... oh oh i get your joke guys. <laughs> yeah you wanted them to die and, and not continue at the end of series two but unfortunately you didn't get your wish um so so how do you feel my argument for season two is i wanted more of so how do you feel about their uh in your opinion unfortunate conclusion uh unfortunate addition in yeah. uh in series three nathan i think that their inclusion here works wonderfully i think that interesting we, we get a more we get a more interesting character uh, out mm. of beth because beth is now in a place where she has to essentially use the grief that she feels to inform how she responds to someone else whilst also kind of what are you doing what's that smell is that a, oh is something cooking in the oven is that a is that a bit of humble pie <laughs> Which I'm no, gonna well, serve, no, right. Which I'm gonna serve up to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I encourage. There is no, there is no possible, thing, there is no possible conclusion for these characters. They should not be in the next season. I deeply encourage listeners to go back and actually listen. Right. I think Nathan has a valid I, point right now. I edited it. I edited oh, it. Yeah, but you I, do with your skewed perspective and no, biased opinion. I heard what you said twice. You yeah. said that, uh, in your opinion, their storyline was wrapped up, so there was nowhere else for them to go, so they shouldn't be included. You took... If you could choose a soundbite, it'd be that, wouldn't it? Because that sums up your point and ignores everything else I was mentioning. What else did you mention? I can't... It was last week. I don't exactly. fucking remember You can't now. remember. Exactly. You have no backup. I'll go back to the tape right now if you want to. No, I don't want to. Well, interesting. The tape you'll choose will be the tape that proves your point. Listen. I'll choose that. I'll man. play the whole fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, right here, right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, listen, right. Characters are like better woven into this story, I think. It's, it's not an A and a B plot that are just kind of happening simultaneously. It's an A plot and a B plot that are more interconnected. Um, mostly through Beth, who is back. Yeah, you get an interesting character through Beth, who is like, now she is kind of having to respond to someone else's trauma with 
like what she's learned from how to deal with her trauma. She hasn't fallen into the the Sandbrook mother kind of horrible, unescapable kind of mind prison. She's actually trying to use her grief to push her out back into the world to help other people through their pain. Um, it's yeah, it, and and everything that's going on with Mark, like super interesting stuff. Um, in just in terms of like grief isn't pretty and it doesn't go away and it's never wrapped up with a neat little bow. See, I thought um, you'd hate that. Really? Yeah, genuinely. Like that that was one of the things I was most worried about. When I was watching this season, I was like, oh, he's gonna hate this stuff because you were you were you know, you were like I made a joke of it, but you were like saying that like you it was like a nice ending and everyone seemed to have moved on and, and hmm. storylines were wrapped up and stuff and this kind of like does kind of backtrack on that a little bit but in a way for, which for me works but i would have followed for you it would have been like i think no. if, like as in terms of the mark stuff specifically it's it's they have to live with it right they they like yeah they healed bonds in season two and they seemed <laughs> at a more accepting place mm. but saying you've accepted it and having a bonfire to reclaim the beach uh rather than associate it forever with danny's murder spot is not the same as living with that on a day-to-day mm. basis and we yeah. kind of do return to the latimers in a place where they we are seeing their day-to-day and, and we it's learn not that, long like, well they're broken up yeah exactly and that's that's kind of like where i'm going with it in the sense of like they like living through it day-to-day it's one thing to have that moment and i'm sure everyone felt great on that beach and they went home and they had a you know a takeaway with a couple of families together and they felt good. But then you have to wake up in the morning and actively carry on that mindset. And that's mm. not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, no, I, I really, really liked how that was explored. I think, like, there's... Let's let's talk about the Latimers um, rather than be vague about it. There is this, like, really interesting kind of point of Mark not being able to move past anything that happened. Like, he's... he, it, But it's also, like, it comes from a like a he's he's addressing it from like a male perspective he he we spoke about mark in season one and how he he is a pretty shitty husband and not so present of a bloke mm. and just generally not a really a, a well-intentioned but not great guy mm. um and he kind of falls back into that in a way like he's he's gutted that like everything he says it comes from a place of like i'm gutted that as a father i didn't do my duty to protect danny i'm i'm upset that a man took another man took something from me and i can't ever win or get it back Mm. um and also it comes like from a very i'm sure he doesn't mean to and we kind of get that even outrightly said but his relationship with beth has suffered because beth wants to move past this and he's still very Mm. much stuck in that place of no we lost and we need to win yeah um fucking what do you think of mark super interesting character uh, very interesting, yeah. Like, like I said, I really liked his storyline and the way he just he he just couldn't get over it. He just couldn't mm. he just couldn't let go of what had happened to the point where it had had an effect on his family. It drove him and Beth apart and stuff. You know, he's living in his his uh, his single man flat with his his single man fridge, <laughs> his <laughs> Jesse Pinkman mattress on the floor style. Yeah, I, I did have a laugh when he opened his fridge and it was just like bottles of beer and sauces just a few different <laughs> sauces like that is a single man's fridge if there ever was one like just, i've opened my fridge a few times and just been extremely depressed by the side of it 
<laughs> you look at it and you're like, oh, okay, well, uh, this is all garnish. <laughs> this is Not drink even, garnish. The Japanese, it's, shopping for one is a fucking nightmare because you can't buy yeah. anything fresh because it'll just go off within yeah, like true. a fucking day or two. And it's, you're not going to use like a whole fucking, you know, bag of onions in like a fucking few days, are you? Um, Mate, move to frozen, frozen onions, frozen garlic. I do now, I do, yeah, that's what I yeah. do. Um, anyway, um, but but yeah, no, I do really enjoy Mark's story, and it all kind of uh, not culminates, but part of it is like his uh, obsession with Joe, and he mm. he needs to fucking do something. What it is, he doesn't know, but he needs to track down Joe. He hasn't got the justice that he wants, and he he yeah. needs that. He desperately needs that. So he he goes to Liverpool. He tracks him down, and then he's like, "I'm gonna kill you," but no, I'm not. I like that as well because that that scene in itself kind of because you love Joe, he's your favorite character. Right? Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Um, <laughs> no, it, but it's like it, it ultimately it's anticlimactic. It doesn't give you anything as an audience. It lets you. It lets Is you it? End. It's anti- <laughs> it's anticlimactic if you're a fuckhead and don't understand how storytelling works. No, but like. <laughs> What I'm saying is, you expect like uh, maybe anticlimactic is the wrong word, but like it, it like season one. Oh, you didn't kill him! No, (laughs) no, season one. It spoke a lot about how, um, like it plays with expectations and like it doesn't take the obvious choice. And in this, there would be people watching it that are like, "What's Mark gonna do?" He has a chat, and it's the most emotional and like vulnerable he's been with anyone since. And it's it's not lost on the audience that he can only let himself out like that to another man. Um, and like at someone where he feels like his weakest and like the walls have broken down. He's hasn't been this emotionally honest with the mother of the murdered child and his wife. Yeah. Um, and I just, I love that. Cause you, you go to it, you know, he takes a box cutter and there's, there's like part of you in the back that like, oh, Mark, don't make a bad decision. Don't like, you're so close to coming out through this. I was just like, like when he was going to the docks, like where Joe works, I was just like, Maybe, you know, maybe it's not the best idea to show up in a big blue fucking van with your name on the side of it. Maybe think that one through for a minute. But he's not going for a stealth approach, really. He's very, he's very open about it. Yeah, yeah. he's just like, I'm here. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I just realized he isn't really in this. Nigel, he's not really in this, is he? I got my I got my beefs with that. Oh, have you? Okay. Just just, the, just uh, remember season one. I spoke about how I was most excited for that storyline to go anywhere. Yeah. I, I guess Nige is just out killing dogs somewhere peacefully, unbeknownst yeah. to anyone. That's all he is. That's all he ever was doing. I know. <laughs> you built him I, up. I wanted to, like, to go somewhere. You built him up to some like Thanos level character for some reason. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know. You got your own issues, mate. He sees a dog, he clenches his fist, he goes, inevitable. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what's your issue. No, look. Um, no, Mark's <laughs> not going for a stealth approach at all. Um, but it's... I don't know, man. I just... I love it that, like... He, you come back from that almost unfulfilled. It didn't... It gave Mark an answer, but the answer was just... It's done. Get over yeah. it. Yeah. And, like, and, and then like, he kills himself, but he doesn't. Yeah, but the intention is there. Well, yeah, he tried. Well... yeah. And Danny is there as a as a projection of what if my son was seven years older? 
than it was when we filmed season one. I like that though because it didn't shy away from it because they no yeah true they they realised well we obviously can't have Danny be eleven because it has been several years since we filmed that first season and yeah. kids grow like fucking wildfire so. <laughs> yeah. So let's just let's just be honest about it, and let's just have Mark imagining what it'd be like if Danny was still here today. I liked that. I think that's a good yeah. way to handle it, really. Instead of being like, "Oh, he's eleven, this six foot tall man <laughs> who's got like you can see stubble on his face." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's a nice way of like, it, like they always spoke about in season one about like taking the boat out and everything else, and like yeah. the fact that it's done on a boat, like he's. Like it, it, the the fact that Mark is like taking himself out on a boat to end his life in yeah. the exact same way that Danny's body was once transported on a boat and everything like it's yeah oh it's rough it and is it's rough that like I'm telling you now actually saying this that you watched this episodically when it came out weekly right week to week baby how was that for a week <laughs> that cliffhanger ending I thought he was dead yeah yeah. Hundred percent before he was dead. Yeah, it's tough, tough to get through. Um, it was, and and they play around with that for like the first couple of minutes of the next episode too. Beth's just in a hallway, mm. like upset. There seems to not be much, like it seems to be very vague and yeah. left open. Yeah, um, yeah. What I tell you, what like while we're just talking about the Latimers before we move on, I know we're jumping all over the gaff, but like, I, I love that after that is the first time when Mark and. Because Mark stays over, he stays on the he stays on the couch um, in his old house, which is now where he doesn't live. Yeah. Um, with Beth and his two daughters, um, and there's, they finally have, a moment where they like for the first time in a long time, and it's ironic that it's happening while they're pretty much discussing their impending divorce. They for mm. the first time in a long time, you remember why these guys were ever husband and wife. Yeah. And they they seem kind of at peace with each other, and I don't know. Yeah, it's. Oh, it, it launches into so many cool things with like how Beth deals with Mark. Like it, it, I, it's a larger conversation on suicide. I don't want to have two edgy conversations in one episode. <laughs> like, you can, you can. We're not limited. Like, it, it it addresses the like the age old thing of how many times have you spoken to someone about like like some sort of like maybe it was just a narrative in a TV show or like you know it could have been like horrific and someone that you like actually know in your personal life or whatever but like how many times has someone expressed their view of like i think doing that is selfish oh countless yeah it's yeah. it's like largely from like an an older generation it's largely their view on yeah it's it's something you do to inflict pain on someone else rather than something an you absolute do to last pain. result yeah 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 um and uh, that's <clears throat> and a lot of the time that's like that's been kind of adopted into society as a large part of the reason why some people don't deal with it yeah because they think about their family and their loved ones and go i couldn't do that yeah to them um which you know i, I don't know i don't know whether that's good or bad <laughs> but um the point i'm getting at is like it, it, beth has to kind of grapple with that she's fucking so pissed off with him but then uses kind of her like her grief management training to be like she starts to speak to Mark in a very professional manner. Yeah. Um. When like you see her kind of break down to uh, Reverend Rory and say like I just want to fucking hit him, and yeah. there's a part of me that wishes he was gone. It'd be easier for me to deal with this. Like nuanced and very interesting that whole conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think so too. And I all we haven't really spoken about it much, but I also really like 
just what Beth's doing just this whole season, really. Just the fact mm. that, you know, she's she's taken her own fucking pain and trauma and basically channeled that into fucking helping other people, basically, and, and you know, being there for Trish and, and helping her get through everything. I think it is. Like, th- this is what I was getting at last week. Like, these, when, when, you know, there's, when people say there's, their storylines wrapped up, there's nothing they can do. Um, yeah. I'm like, but, but it's not. You don't know that. Like, there's, <laughs> there's, there's other things that can be explored, and there's ways they can use their experiences and what happened to help other people and to move on and that kind of stuff. And and I think it's really interesting that she chose to do that. And it's it it can't be easy to take that step because you know that's a job where fucking hell i mean she even says at one point who supports the support workers because you're dealing with a lot of fucking trauma like there's a lot to fucking deal with for someone um and it's especially because that like that nature of profession as well is in real life not just in this show is so heavily kind of held up by people that want to help other people because they've been hurt themselves like, yeah it's 100 percent. yeah it's very much like support workers are often people that have been pushed aside in the past and had horrible things inflicted onto them yeah i think um, so too yeah do we want to should we get back on the case the 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 investigation and everything else yes i think so um so obviously we have uh alec has moved back to town with mm-hmm. with his daughter this time uh alec jr she's not called alec jr but no uh, i think she is no i can't Sorry. Um, so, um, so yeah, he's back working. Um, I don't know how that would like, because he was gone for like two years, it seems like. But then he seems to, was was like Ellie in charge. And then like he came back and then was like, oh, I'm in charge again now. There, there's another weird. character, isn't there, that seems to be someone they both report to. Oh, but there, there's always been that. There's always been like the, the, the fucking chief of justice or whatever they call it. Yeah, I mean, literally, unless you're the fucking top chief, there's someone else in there to to go to. Yeah. I guess, but I feel like kind of both running the show, running the show now, kind of. I think it's also like it's part. It's kind of a loosey goosey posting anyway, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, like Ellie is very much like she's the detective that can do no wrong in Alex's eyes, even though he'll often tell her she can. Yeah, I tell but you, she... what I did love <laughs> the first episode. I um, I absolutely love that when they. When they get back to Trish's house and like Ellie's like, I, I shouldn't do this, but here's my mobile number. Like you fucking, <laughs> yeah. fucking here's my mobile number. Don't tell Alec about this, but give us a ring if you ever need anything. Trish <laughs> like, is a writer. Yeah, and then like five minutes after they leave, <laughs> she while they're still in the car together, she, and just the way Alec looks at her, like whilst they're on the phone, it's that was pretty funny. I liked that. I think I think like he he sees in her now like. Uh, like unfortunate as it may be, an equal that is like part jaded, but she's they're she's best almost, friends. Yeah, they they are best friends, but like she like in terms <clears> of how like how he views her as a professional and as a partner in this job. Yeah, it's she's become she's she she was always too optimistic and too trusting, and now she's taken the worst parts of him, but mm. also the best parts of her, and she's found a healthy middle ground where she's like, Seems no, you're yeah. you're too blunt. Yeah, and I was maybe too nice. Yeah. Now I'm regular. <laughs> she's she's she does have like a kind of good mix of both. She she has this great way of being very friendly and polite, but saying the like the most threatening things to someone. <laughs> like was it she says to that guy's girlfriend at one point, Oh, we, we just need to sign this. It'll say like, 
oh, if you're lying to us, you'll just go to jail for the rest of your life or something. <laughs> just while yeah. like she's got the biggest smile on her face. <laughs> it's that's the thing. I noticed there was parts of that where like it's so tactical from her. Yeah, like 100%. she know she now has like gotten sick of people <laughs> trying to get one up on her because she used yeah. to view this town with rose tinted glasses. Yeah, and now she realizes from season one that everyone has dirty secrets and everyone has dirty laundry and everything else, and she's I like, I'm sick of fucking guys lying to me dude <laughs> 100% I love that she right from the get go she fucking hates um, the the young guy Leo who spoiler alert ends up having to like have a very big part to do with the, the fucking rape like yeah like the and she's got that instinct that's yeah. something that she didn't have in season one but like there's a moment like towards the end where they they do they are questioning him and he's and it seems to be like he's giving them like a full story but it, it seems like genuine enough and everything and he's quite regretful about stuff but you just see her just like rolling her eyes at him and just like she's like i'm not buying any of this shit man. yeah and she walks out and she's like i've had enough smarmy pricks in my life time to know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh no it's very very good stuff but um mm. like what do you think about where everything goes in the end because it's it's again it's similar in season one it's it is it's part and parcel two things but the person who actually committed the rape Yes. That they're investigating was someone I wouldn't have expected in a million fucking years. I'll tell you what. Um, uh, first of all, horrific. Like, Ooh. so fucking horrific and, and tragic and stomach-turning, like, like mm. I said, um, when you find out what actually happens. But what I will say is that I had completely forgotten about Michael, which is the young guy who actually does it. So yeah. like I had one hundred percent forgotten about him. Even they called until, a Joe Miller. Even until like the very last episode, like I remembered the fucking young smarmy prick guy, and I was like, oh, it was him. I remember him doing it. Um, mm. so like even though I had seen it before, when it got to the last episode, I was like, whoa, twist, shit, I forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> so I got to experience the twist again. So that was fun. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, tragic, really. Um. Did you, how did you do with it? Did you ever suspect fucking Leo? Obviously not Michael, because that comes out nowhere, but like, yeah. Leo? Um, what, what happened there? So, it, it, it's not By the way, Leo makes my stomach turn. Like, oh, I've the got, fucking... I've got shit to say on him. One of the worst people ever, but go on. Yeah, but yeah, I'll, we'll... I tell you what, right after this, because now I'm just itching. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, no, in terms of Leo, I... If I was to say I expected him, it would be in the same vein that I expected everyone the show pointed a finger at because all the men just suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's... Uh, my my main suspect, even... I thought it was too obvious. I didn't think it would be him, but I couldn't think of who else it could be. Yeah. Um, was the... Um, uh, the cat's husband. I've forgotten his name. Jim. Jim, yeah. Just... Just because he's a dick. He's a total fucking prick that seems to, like view sex as something that women owe to him and that he can take from them at any point. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was kind of my thingy. But it, again, with like, like they did in season one, I only really suspected people when the show started suspecting them. Mm. Um, and, and I was along for the ride, but no, for the most part, in, when it came to Leo, I was completely clueless. Yeah. Yeah. I think it kind of like intentionally leaves Leo out of the spotlight until the end of it. Yeah. Really. Which is, which is smart. Cause it shows yeah. him also, it's like, like I don't know how old he's supposed to be. I got the impression. I think he was. was like, a, I think he said around twenty three. I think. Yeah. So like early twenties. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like which is you know not too far away from where we are now. A lot closer in age to us than like Joe Miller was. Oh yeah. Wow. 
Mate, you, mate. <laughs> Joe jo Miller's like, like mid forties, I would say. Maybe not mid, maybe early forties. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We could do the maths, couldn't we? But no, no, we're not that smart. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, look, <laughs> I'm being polite to you, Nathan. He's a lot closer <laughs> to us in age. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, like it's the actor his... is 47 now. And in 2013, 10 years ago, 37. Uh, yeah, so it would have been 37. Uh, so that's closer to me than... Uh, <laughs> than... Well, I'm sorry I brought this up. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to do that to you. But this isn't 2013, though. This is 2017. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um... So, what, <laughs> Just let's move on from here. Yeah, anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think it was like... They do rightfully kind of leave him out, but like when the reveal comes about and how it's someone that's like that we can familiarize ourselves with. Like we remember being like that age and like nothing meant as much and consequences didn't feel as consequential. Like it was, I don't know, like there was a lot less pressure of real world and real life responsibilities. Yeah. Um, like Jesus, Let, let's just talk about Leo. Like yeah. you said he makes your skin cruel. So I yeah. know why, but tell me. <laughs> Cause he's, oh, he's, like, when he was like in his interview, like the first one, and like even I, who knew he was the absolute fucking worst, he he does seem genuine. Like he's mm. he's very good at manipulating people and and making them fucking see him as like an innocent victim. There's he's got this privilege about him that yeah. like he to him he can do no wrong and he can get away with it and he deserves all of this stuff and he he makes my fucking skin crawl the way that like he's he's got this like 16 year old friend that's not a friend really is he? he's just <laughs> a victim yeah <laughs> he's got this 16 year old lad that he's essentially fucking grooming and like the way he just casually offers his girlfriend to him to have sex with and then and and the tragedy of her being there and willing yeah exactly and she just goes along with it and he even says like she she does what she's told or whatever and it just makes you think what is that fucking relationship like like clearly horrendous um yeah. and and the way he talks about like you know the way he he raped the the previous victims as well like he he allows himself one a year as like kind of a treat and like um, I've earned it. And, yeah, exactly, yeah. and and just the way he 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 doesn't seem to show like any kind of remorse at all. He no. he never once seems to regret his actions or anything like that. He he doesn't even seem to understand that it's wrong. Like he knows yeah. it's illegal and he knows it's something he can go to jail for. But like when they're talking to him about it, it's like it's just sex. Like. And it's, that line made me recoil into myself. Yeah, yeah and then Ellie screaming back at him like, "No, it's fucking rape." Yeah, and like how loud her voice gets. I'm like, oh, again, Olivia Coleman invented acting, but she really like, did. She 100 yeah. percent did. Yeah. Um, what well, there was two specific lines that mm. made my skin crawl. One was that one that you just said. It's it's only sex. What's one more time? Yeah. Like, oh, and, that, oh, fucking hell, yeah. Yeah, and the second one that got me. And th when I say, like, this one wasn't the one I thought which sent shivers down my spine, but I mm. heard it and it just genuinely made me feel, like, white as a sheet and horrible. Yeah. Which was Ellie saying, you went there prepared, and he just calmly says, I go everywhere prepared. 
Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, there's people you can see in the street. There are people out there walking in the day-to-day life that do this mm. and, and, and have this mindset. And it's, fuck, dude. Like, it's, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's his cold kind of calculating nature. And it's, it's made all the more terrifying by, like, his relationship with Michael and how that... Pro- I mean, we were saying earlier, like, porn can rot your brain and genuinely can yeah and and like teenagers <clears throat> if, if you aren't careful with how you express like certain things that you feel you can fall so quickly can you fall down a horrendous path mm. like teenagers now with like the fucking the equipment and like the the tech that they have i've never said an older sentence in my life but like <laughs> like <laughs> like they it's so easy to do terrible things now like there are there are kids AI, out there that are like, like 14 fucking... 15 with snapchat and it's like i hate mm. to think what God, that yeah. implies yeah but yeah i don't know what what do you make of his whole like relationship with michael because michael again we can't forget michael is the one that actually is guilty of the crime they investigate so this is the thing this is another like really tricky difficult situation because michael is the one who actually committed the rape yeah but like <laughs> and, and massive butt yeah and like massive and like no one is excusing that but but you do have to include the caveat of like he did not want to he and was, was crying while doing so yeah he was forced into doing it um and look michael has made mistakes like i am not denying that michael has made a lot of mistakes but it's clear he didn't want to rape trish like no. also all. like there's the argument of like you know certain men would have like like more of a, a a moral conviction and be brave enough to just defy it like even if even if at the cost of their own life would say i'm not stooping there like mm. i refuse to inflict that on someone but this is a terrified 16 year old it's a boy it's yeah yeah it's jeez man like yeah I've got a note that just says, like, someone exercising power and preying on the sexual frustration of young boys who were already porn-brained and desensitized to sex. Like, it's... That's what it is. Mm. It's just someone preying on the fact that someone doesn't know better and wants mm. their desires met. And, you know, when it, before before he knows it... Like, he's looking He's looking at... um, uh, uh What's his name? The other guy? The, the terrible bloke. Leo. Leo, yeah, he Michael looks at Leo with this, like, oh, he's so cool. I wish I could yeah. be that guy. Until the point where he goes, oh, hang on a minute, this guy sucks. And Until by that like, point, it's way too late. Yeah, so like hits Trish with a cricket bat, and yeah. then he's like, fuck, I made a mistake here. I'm in too deep. Like, and the casual, the casual nature of just doing that as well. Yeah, like fuck, dude. I I don't know. This is like, oh, I don't know. This is for me. It kind of and maybe this is why I quite enjoy this season a lot, but it, it brought, I wrote down, it It kind of brings Broadchurch full circle, which is basically like the outright and unapologetic grooming of a child from a guy with a power imbalance in mm. difference in age and also who is exercising like an ulterior motive and agenda. Yeah. Which is he, basically this Leo is training a fucking rape partner and, and, uh, back in season one, Joe Miller was essentially kind of trying to slowly convince Danny that things were <clears throat> okay to do this and this was fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And this this kind of like presenting all this, this was like one of the most chilling 
scenes of like a reveal right I, di I didn't get this level of like going white as a sheet from joe miller or from eve miles or from um lee ashworth whoever played him like this was the one that genuinely like scared me to my core yeah yeah fucked <laughs> very very fucked I, it's uh it's tricky because does michael deserve to go to jail I mean, there's the question. Isn't it, it is, yeah. That's that's the tricky thing, isn't it? Because I, I think ultimately was, lessons need to be learned. And he was charged with the rape. He, he was. Uh, he's sixteen, which I think he can be tried as an adult at sixteen. I think it's sixteen. You're past the threshold. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I I just I just genuinely don't know. <laughs> it's such a nuanced conversation. That it I is. Think, like yeah. Because he did it. He, yeah. He, he did rape Trish Winterman, but he was also forced into doing it against his will. Oh, what that what that does to Trish as well, like when she finds out it was a child. Yeah. And she just goes 16 and you just see her eyes, like the, her, her world shatters in that moment. Awful. Yeah. And like... I don't know, you're sat there like in, in, in her mind you're like I mean obviously she she couldn't help that but mm. it's just a ter it's it's a horrific extra piece of information about that case yeah um that just how you would think and feel and, and everything else after that you, you can't even imagine yeah. um it's it's grim it uh it depressed me a lot because and we have this on to that long to watch this because we had to record the the last episode quite late in the week so he had less yeah. time to watch this one so i was like shotgunning quite a few of these back to back and <laughs> broadchurch should not be binged <laughs> it doesn't make you feel good no it really doesn't like i was like fucking like there's there's great cliffhangers at the end of the episodes and they do end in in a way that you're like oh Oh, what happens next? But then you start the one and you're like, oh, trauma. Yeah, I forgot. This, oh, this is what happened to me. I finished it a couple of days ago. So like there have been episodes where I've been like down to the wire, like on finishing the episode and then coming upstairs to record straight after doing that. Mm -hmm. But like yeah. I finished this a couple of days ago and that was purely because one morning I was like, I'll watch an episode and then I'll do some work. And then yeah. like three consecutive amazing cliffhangers happened. And I was like, <laughs> I guess I'm taking the morning off work. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it, uh. it's, 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 a, it's a great show. And like, God, I, I, th I find like, I think it scares. I, what, what I want is to like, just s somehow find a way to put a protective bubble around the character of Ellie to yeah. stop stuff like this getting to her from now on. Because it's the, the one thing that wasn't lost to me was the... Um, like right basically a, a a child groomer and rapist mm. being sat in front of Ellie who knows that her son Ellie's own son is having trouble and falling into perhaps a wrong crowd when it comes to like the distribution and like possession of porn mm uh, and has like she's taken his phone off him, and he gets his phone back, and she takes it back, and then smashes it in with a fucking hammer. Like yeah. she's she doesn't have, I don't think, maybe a handle on how to handle this. Yeah. Um, but the, like I don't know, just him sitting across from Ellie, and she sat there like, and she has to deal with her fucking dad being like, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> being like, oh, who hasn't been raped? Like, shut up. 
Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, people are always saying stuff these days. And I love the scene where she was like, and I don't want you taking your views from this old fucking cunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, but just, just like genuinely, what I think mm. something terrifying about this, and the show was so clever to include this, uh, was a scene of Michael and um, Tom just like sharing that porn back and forth. This yeah. could, on a different day, it could have been Tom. Yeah, it could have. The, 100% that Leo could have. set his eyes on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really could have. Like, he first like started talking to Michael because he had a difficult father figure in his life, a mm. father figure who openly fucking smacked him. And but, by the way, no one did shit about that. Like, he just smacked that kid in front of everyone, and there was like one of them was a fucking teacher who has a duty of care and an actual responsibility to report shit like that. But because he's the biggest wet fucking blanket in the world, (laughs) he was just like, oh, I better not get involved. Ian was one of those characters that I just wanted to hit. Me too. I really, he really rubs me the wrong way. Um, Also, hang on, before, just before we like kind of, I guess, I don't know, are we wrapping up? I don't know. Yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah. Well, what did you, I don't know if I like this and I don't know if I missed something into it right but ian being like i could come around for a takeaway later to trish yeah hate that stay away from her yeah i, I don't know if that was just a poor writing choice or they're saying like a maybe there's like a comment on the, the larger a man in for, inflicting his way upon her forcing himself back into her life and how unfortunately this hasn't given any men any lessons of perhaps i need to step back and be a bit more distant and like less presumptuous with where I should be and when, but like, I don't know. It just read to me like Trish was like, "Yeah, that sounds okay," and I was like, "It shouldn't. That's it, not a good choice." You see, Ian, like the the camera software thing aside, he didn't really do anything wrong, and like, mm. he's a massive fucking wet blanket, and Trish can do a lot better than him, but yeah. he didn't really do anything wrong. It really? came from, I think, like an insecurity on his end rather than yeah. a predatory nature on his end. But he, still, he's not a predator as much as he is. Might as well be one. <laughs> no, he's not. But like, <laughs> he's he's just the biggest fuckhead going. Really. What but. What bothered me about it? Because I I see what you're saying, but like, <clears throat> what what bothered me is like whether his intentions were predatory or insecurity, masquerading yeah. in like action. It affected the woman in the same way. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what his intention was. She was still being spied on, uh, like without her consent, which is something that I think Trish, like p- perhaps, should have been written to have more of a problem with. Her her consent has already been violated in the largest possible way. Yeah, and to have that prodded again, and then for the resolution to be like, maybe these two will end up back with each other. Maybe their relationship will rekindle from this. Yeah, I just I didn't sit right with me, if that makes sense. Um. David Tennant went on a date. <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah. It seemed to be going well. It did. We didn't hear anything else about it ever, but <laughs> he, did, he did go on that one day. And I think the funniest thing about that was like when he was coming home and he just bumped into Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, for fucks. <laughs> yeah. And Can't like, have a private moment ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very funny. I tell you what. Um, <laughs> Uh, genuinely i think my my favorite scene in all of broadchurch is the one where 
uh, he's taking his daughter to the station and then he sees the lads and he's like, oh, yeah. fuck this. Man. I'm, 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 I'm doing something about this. Yeah. And just the line, I will cut your tiny little cocks off. <laughs> oh, perfection. And that, nothing has made me like perfect. punch the sky more. Like no, Knowing yeah. that like as a character, he struggled with managing family and a job. Yeah. And and that, that little kid goes, oh, also like, it's not, fucking lost that like by the end of it you realize that he was shouting at the fucking person he found guilty of the investigation yeah. like um but he, he then he goes they go you can't say that you're the police and he goes i'm a father yeah <laughs> it's just like i'm like fuck yeah you are and then he goes back and he's like oh can i see your ticket and just rips it and she's like dad and he's like no you're going home enough of this fucking shit <laughs> i'm sick of it uh, it was it, what amazing scene i love he takes so ellie's much. advice he does he does take ellie's advice yeah and I've never seen her look happier in her life. And when she comes in, he's like, I ripped a ticket up. And she's like, Olivia Coleman has an infectious smile. She really does. She's like when, when she's happy, you're just like, oh, I want to give you a little <laughs> hug. You seem so <laughs> joyous. <laughs> um, Should we, maybe not little things, but let's, let's wrap up some of the, the, the OGs. Yeah. Let's, let's do a little run by through the town. So, uh, Reverend Rory, He's having mm-hmm. a bit of crisis of faith, a little bit. He is. Because, like, no one's coming to church and everything like this and and whatever. Um, but then everyone comes to church. <laughs> yeah, but then everyone comes to church and everything's okay. Yeah, but they probably won't be there next week. <laughs> I, 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 no, exactly. I do like... Um, it seemed like a one-off, if you ask me. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. <laughs> it seemed like a special occasion. Yeah. Um, I liked the... Um, what What... Where is that scene from where like two people give each other a longing nod from across Walking Dead? The Walking Dead. It's the, oh, the scene. Yeah. It, we have joked about this so many times. Uh, back when I actually watched this show, because it, 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 to this day, it's the most fucking bizarre and confusing <laughs> scene in any show ever. I can't remember like what the fuck was going on. But they were at, is it Hilltop? I think it was called this. Like it was, it was Hilltop. That was the like the settlement that they were returning to. Yeah. Yeah. So they there was a group of people. A group of the people were at Hilltop already, and then like <laughs> another group came to Hilltop, and it was like, and and they were all mates. They were all part of the same group or whatever. But they came up, and there was just like this. It was probably like a minute, thirty seconds, but it felt like just five, five minutes. minutes of people just like smiling and and nodding and like uh, like they'll pat each other on the shoulder it's like we're all friends and and this is good and but it was like even people who are in the same group like people (laughs) who were already at hilltop or were coming to hilltop just hugged each other it it did it did this crazy thing as well where like if the character's relationship was like more complicated than a nod could express yeah they kind of they kind of like did a nod and then doubled back with a different emotion before another <laughs> nod. It was yeah. like it was like a nod to say like I see you, and it was another nod to be like, but we have a complicated relationship, and then a third <laughs> nod to be like, but we've healed that with this third nod. And it was, it was you're right. The only way I can describe it is you know the you know how Family Guy ripped the piss out of Return of the Jedi with the the Ooh, extended nods. nodding sequence. Yeah, it was like that, but in a real TV show and genuine. It was. Yeah, yeah, 100%. insane. Lawrence, name this Walking Dead character. That's Daryl. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. That man got some of my favourite quotes. No. (laughs) 
Mm. I, right, here's the... Th- <laughs> this is not a Walking Dead podcast, but that and man is like be. a highly regarded character, and I'm like, he is just Norman Reedus. Did he get his own show when he went to France or whatever? Oh, fuck. They, that finale launched like eight spin-off show the walking dead will never end and it is a plague yeah. in itself like <laughs> the walking dead is over but it's not though is it it's yeah. just the walking dead has spread further TV than the shows. zombie apocalypse it's based on like it's yeah. it's a disease yeah god that show. anyway all that to say paul has paul and paul and uh, mark have a funny nod to each other where they're like we're gonna go our separate ways <laughs> play that norman reedus game where he's a delivery driver or whatever where he works for delivery oh death stranding yeah yeah, I never played that. Any good? It's 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 pretty good, but it's weird because like there's when you you have like this kind of like home base scenario and like when you take a shit, I guess because um, you can. Um, there's like like the toilet door closes around you, and then there's just an ad for a Norman Reedus show. Like what the fuck? Like Norman Reedus is like I ride bikes on AMC or whatever. No him, way. hundred percent. AMC's ride with Norman Reedus. That, yeah, that, yes. It's so fucking weird. It's like, do you know he's in the game? Or like, what the fuck is, is this? Is this an Easter egg? Because it's very yeah. intrusive. Yeah. And he just drinks monster energy. Like, there's full on <laughs> cans of monster. And Guillermo del Toro is in it as like... Because like, whenever a character pops up, it comes up with a credit. Like, oh, Norman Reedus has this guy or whatever. And then there's yeah. some like scientist. And it's just director guillermo del toro as this guy and it's like What's what a bizarre again? game this is man. <laughs> <laughs> what a strange and confusing game oh, shit, that anyway. sounds that sounds like it wants to hold me at arm's length and i'm not sure i want to be immersed in something that's going to be like it's remember. interesting the, the actual gameplay is uh, and the story is is quite interesting. I never finished it, but it's <laughs> and there it is. Nathan, <laughs> the famous completionist to the point of obsession, didn't finish it. Three hundred and fifty hours currently into Valhalla. Jesus fucking Christ. and Valhalla as well. That's brave. Yeah. yeah. My God, what an undertaking. <sighs> um, I bought all the DLC. <laughs> Jesus, Nathan. Yeah, no. you didn't have to complete that. It wouldn't have flagged up if you hadn't a boy. No, but they had new trophies. <laughs> Anyway, look, um, I, I like that Paul is having a bit of a faith crisis, right? He's because so many people all of a sudden made him feel like the most important person in the world and needed his yes. advice. Yes. And then all of a sudden they all dipped and he was like, but I like it when you guys like me. Yeah. <laughs> Where you come? Yeah. Um, um, I, I, I didn't necessarily like it when like um, Beth was like, Oh, I, I spoke to Trish if you, about her speaking to you, and she doesn't want to. And he was a bit like, "Ah, like calm down." I can't man. believe it. I'm like, "Yeah, she's she's the one. I'm the one that feel feels bad about this scenario." Yeah, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, I can't say that I would like if something horrendous happened to me. I wouldn't seek religion about it. Like, not at all. No. It's just not my thing. No, yeah, <laughs> like, it's not. Love not and peace I... to the people that want that, but. Yeah. It's your right to say no, I don't want that. Fuck I off. Have issue, Paul. I have issues with religion, but that's a whole other story. Oh, um, let's not do three controversial conversations. <laughs> no, let's not. Um the press and and the uh, the media. First of all, Ollie's <laughs> gone and got himself a job with a national uh, uh paper. Yeah. So good for him, he, I guess. He got himself another acting job, meaning he couldn't commit to Broadchurch season three. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's now with the Daily Mail on Snapchat or whatever. So good for him, <laughs> I guess. 
<laughs> what do you think about the uh, the wrap up of the journalist? I I quite enjoy that. We we've we've spoken about how <laughs> like the the show hasn't always necessarily handled media in the right way. Yeah, uh, across these three seasons, but like, where are you at with how that's all done in this season? I think this is probably the best handling of it because it's yeah. it's not a huge focus. It's pretty small in the grand scheme of things. Um, but it's just basically the broad church echo has been absorbed by this like larger media mm. uh, company, which is basically like British BuzzFeed, I guess. Um, yeah. And they're like, ah, oh, this isn't selling so well. So, you know, like you're going to come work here and we'll give you a hot desk and you can fucking write articles about you know which cat looks the best or like which yeah. c- celebrities are what fucking... hogwarts house would you be in if you were yeah. this age all, or whatever all yeah. that bullshit and like fucking maggie is just like nah fuck off i'd <laughs> like, rather not do that yeah, <laughs> yeah she's I... she's still swinging that hammer of uh the fucking presser, the the paragon, and the only fucking person of truth and justice in this world, and and we have a duty and all that kind of stuff, which which I, I admire her her tenacity and that kind of stuff. I, I do like that it gets a bit more nuanced because there are some things that like there is. She has a, a great line about like what's what you print is as important of a decision as what you choose not to print. Yes, um, and like it, there's a whole kind of situation of like uh, they need to leave Mark Latimer's attempted suicide out of the papers because like the last thing he needs is another microscope under him yeah um because we've seen how mark handles people looking at him and it doesn't go well yeah. um so I, I i like that that is the kind of thing that she she actually stands up against it kind of also feels like the cap on the media's relationship to these these small town events like mm. people are not just th- like words in print they matter and they should be respected more than just blanket what ollie was doing just tweeting every single fucking thing that happened in the trial for mass consumption um people should be treated with more respect than you know they're not spectacle they are real people and you're dealing with real lives even though people have a responsibility to like represent the truth there are certain things that aren't crucial to telling that truth that should be left out for privacy's sake and uh, and then she's gonna fucking become Mr. Beast or whatever. I fucking laughed so hard. I can't <laughs> lie. Right. The, the, it's not like, this thing. <laughs> Does Chris Chibnall know what YouTube is? A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Then hear this sentence. I feel like I've summed up my opinion on it in one <laughs> sentence quite okay. well. Okay. All right. Journalist that hates clickbaity pandering journalism that excludes bits of information to cater to the masses rather than represent truth thinks that YouTube will be the cure for that. Okay, I I see what you're saying, but yeah. I think it's more Maggie doesn't know what YouTube is. Yeah, yeah fair. Than, <laughs> rather than Chris Chibnall. Okay, but then the show just sets her up to be like, I'm never gonna have a career again. See you guys later. Well, no, it's it's vague. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she blows up. I don't think she's... Maybe she will. I don't think she will. (laughs) With her incredibly specific niche channel (laughs) direction, which is local news for this town, who are already uninterested in buying a newspaper about it. You never know. Maybe that's exactly the kind of thing the algorithm will look onto, and and she'll she'll go viral. Um, But but yeah, I, I think it's more just... Maggie not necessarily understanding and yeah and probably not really probably won't she, work out but you know she can move on and do her stuff 
She's like, if a couple of teenagers can be multi-millionaires off YouTube, then I can, you know, scrap a few shillings together. And I'm like, no, but you have to get like a certain yeah. amount of views to be monetized. And like, it's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you've got to have a good video to do well first for you to even be on a list of people that can make money off of this. But that's inside baseball, though. That's like, yeah, I know, yeah. You, <laughs> they're not, they're not going to sit down and break the fucking monitor, <laughs> break down the monetization rules of YouTube, are they? <laughs> no, I guess not. But at the same time, I was... I, I don't know that uh, I felt bad, but like I, I when she was like, "Don't laugh," and it's it is set up as a somewhat of a joke as well. He's like, she's like, "Don't laugh," and pulls out, "I won't," and he goes, she goes, "I'm gonna make a YouTube channel," and I was like, "Hilarious!" Yeah. <laughs> Reverend Rory should make a YouTube channel. Yeah, that yes, that could genuinely do quite well actually. Yeah, because he'd have a eyes on him, small town pastor that dealt with all this trauma happening in his home turf, like a hot priest. He could do like. He could he could be like a progressive hot priest and like people would love be. that shit. Yeah. Uh, do you know where he do you know where he would succeed the most? Get him on TikTok. He'd do he what would, on TikTok. He would bang yeah. on TikTok. They didn't have TikTok then, but he could wait. Okay. It's like in like what like fucking ten plus years after this season wraps up and he's like, My sermons are just not being well received. <laughs> like I need to I need to find a wider audience base. Get him on TikTok, yeah. He'd do quite yeah. well. Kept you doing would. a renegade or whatever. You would. Um, who else have we got mm. to wrap up? We've kind of already wrapped up Mark. Uh, wrap up Beth. How does Beth end? Uh, well, it's all uh, fine, basically. She'll struggle for the rest of her life, but she's on a better path. Yes. And Mark is driving off to be a better man somewhere else. And Chloe is maybe still with Grey Worm. Maybe they broke up. Who knows? We <laughs> He's not been since... seen in a hot minute. Yeah, we haven't seen him since season one, so who knows? Yeah. How old maybe... would Chloe be? I guess Chloe would be like She's 17, 18. 18? 18, yeah. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> oh, we didn't even... Uh, last thing to talk about as well. The, um, the again, another objectification is um, David Tennant's daughter. Not David Tennant's daughter. David... Uh, Alec Hardy's daughter. Yeah. Um, having David her... Tennant's daughter. Um, images distributed. Yeah. Just more grim. Terrible blokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really. Yeah. Terrible blokes. Um, uh, obviously, awful thing to happen, but it did bring about the greatest scene in TV history, which is yes. David Tennant yelling at boys. So. I will cut your cocks off. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, is there anything else to, to wrap up or say? No, I'm having to look through my notes. Any little things while I look through? Well, we we kind of we did little people of the town is what we did. That's true. We did yeah, yeah. little people of the town. <laughs> yeah, little people. That's of a the catchier town. segment title. <laughs> little people of the town of Broadchurch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's pretty much everyone. Um, overall, Lawrence, Broadchurch as a whole, are you glad that I now forced you at gunpoint to watch it? I am very glad. Yeah, no, I, it was it was always a part of like British TV culture that was like a a, a gap. In, in one in, of in many stuff I'd gaps, seen. yeah, well, absolutely one of many. But this was like yeah. a, I was this was a massive gap considering how much I enjoy Olivia Coleman and David Tennant as performers. Yes. So like the fact that and I how much seen you this. you love Chris Chibnall's work, all of it, and you've you've heavily <laughs> praised. So. Yeah, I'm not even one of those weirdos. Don't I know tar me with that brush. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not that. I'm like I I I am completely indifferent to that infamous <laughs> run of TV that he had. 
Um, anyway, Nathan, I don't know if you're aware of this, but it is the time of the show that we recommend some stuff. What um, the fuck? I know. <laughs> Look, listen, calm down. I'll explain what this concept is. Oh, All you right. sprung that upon me. I'm going to need a minute. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> shut up. I'm going to need a minute. We recommend something to each other and to our lovely listeners. It could be something that we've watched. It could be something we've read or listened to or experienced. Basically anything that we've done in the past week that we would love to share with each other and with the great people listening at home. Do you need a minute? Are you good? Have you got one? No, I'm good, yeah. Let's hear it. Gamey, gamey, game, Lawrence. Ooh, okay. Is a show that I watch and I enjoy and I have done for a number of years. I will not elaborate. <laughs> no no context as to what it, I know, but tell the, tell the people. No. Gamey, gamey, game is a... Uh, a uh, show on YouTube, um, on the stupid old uh, channel, on the stupid old studios YouTube channel, um, which is basically like a sort of a comedy panel show where the main topic is video games, as the game, as the title suggests. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is, though, if you actually want to hear people talk about video <laughs> games, it's probably not the show for you <laughs> because it's um, it's mostly just very funny Australian comedians uh, and Evan, who is not a comedian, bless him, but he just wants to talk about video games whilst everyone else bullies him. And, um, it's so stacked against him all the time. so stacked against him. He's just trying to talk about video games while everyone just goes on about riffs about, like, cum or whatever. And <laughs> it's great. If you like, you know, uh, members of Auntie Donna have been on it quite a lot. Um, Naomi Higgins, a great Australian comedian. Ben Russell, uh, lots of names like that. Uh, we, we like do go on. A lot of those guys have been on it quite a bit. Um, so if you like Australian comedians, Mr. Sunday's been on it. Nick Mason as well. Um, so, yeah, if you like people like that in that kind of space, it's uh, it's really good. It's always fucking hilarious. It's uh currently airing on uh, the well the episodes come out here mondays but i think it's sunday night in australia um but yeah it's it's good stuff it is good it's home to one of possibly the funniest like visual podcast clip i've ever seen um was that wind the, it back the... that's winding it back yeah, with yeah. now <laughs> if, if you if you have if you want anything that will tell you kind of what this show is about yeah go into this go what youtube that clip and go into it thinking this is a this is a show about games, video games. <laughs> yeah. And it won't disappoint you. <laughs> well, one of my favorite segments that they do is sometimes they do a segment called Seven Minutes in Evan, which is, which is just a segment where no one gets to talk apart from Evan. For, and they just let him talk for seven minutes about whatever he wants. So, and it's usually just like very nerdy tech shit, like yeah. servers or whatever VR he's been using lately. But you, you just know that the minute they are allowed to talk, yeah. like it's going to be it's, tough on him. It's great. It's, it's so hilarious. Um, yeah, and it's again made by some really great people. Uh, Stupid Studios do a, like a so much fucking amazing work. Plus, some amazing comedy. Um, so, so yeah, check them out. It's good stuff. Indeed, indeed. Nathan, I also have a recommendation. I don't care. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Well, in, in that case, thank you very much. <laughs> all right, see you later. All right, no. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. That was a, such a jump scare in my ears. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so my recommendation this week uh, is a TV show uh, called Gino DeCampo's Secrets of the South. Uh, <laughs> no, I give you a fair run, all right? Shut up. Gino DeCampo has been cancelled, Lawrence. 
Has he? Oh, no. No, why? I'm, just, I'm kidding. No, he's fine. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, basically, uh, my wife and I were like, we we were watching another TV show that was coming up after this. So we put this Do you know on, he's like, not even Italian? Is he Sicilian? No, he's from Barnsley. Is he? Yeah, he's a character. Julian DeCampo's a character. You're having me on. I know you must be having me No, he's genuinely from Barnsley. I'm Googling this right now, and I'm going to be... I Fuck you! God damn you. See, this is what I was talking about at the start of the episode. You have a way of getting under me. I know. Working like a... Oh, fuck you. My wife and I were watching another show last week, but we flipped it on, and this was like in its last five minutes, weirdly enough, and then we went back and watched a few of them. Um, basically, he was just like in a little village in Italy cooking up. He goes, like, it's a show where he goes around um, to like various little villages and like finds out what their like their village dish is. What is their like, what is the pride of where they are? Like, uh, what in this specific one, it was a lovely sea bass. Um, no, right. Well, you know, you know, you know, a fish fan. Oh, I love fish. Um, anyway, we've been thinking about this sea bass. We saw this sea bass in like the last couple of shots of the episode and we were like, fuck it. Today we went back and we watched the episode and we made this sea bass for dinner and it is genuinely lovely. Like we've been in a, in a spot recently where we're like, we're getting a little bit bored of the dinners that we've had. And I don't really watch cooking shows cause I find it's a lot of filler and a lot of nonsense and a lot of the times it's like use this knife that you'll never own because it costs a hundred quid and use these ingredients that i got from an italian lake somewhere fresh as the <laughs> fresh as the day they were killed like it so a lot of the time i ignore it but we we went out and we got a few little bits and we made a very 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 lovely fish and a very lovely salad potato salads go with it and it was great and i had a good time and i think if people are getting kind of like um bored of the stuff they're cooking at home then what they can do is check out hellofresh.co.uk what is this i don't know i just thought i'd do a fake out nathan they're they're pestering enough right i've been with them before and then i've left them and then they said they call me they call me like yeah three they call times me they they do they call me as well they're like fuck off hello uh, yeah they'll just call you from a, like a mobile number as well yeah and it, they trick you and i answered the phone and this guy was yeah. like what would make you come back to hellofresh and i was like shut up <laughs> go the fuck away if you leave me the fuck alone maybe i'll consider it yeah oh, anyway God. uh check out HelloFresh and use code another happy port for i don't know 10 free boxes or whatever for some dinners <laughs> for some dinners i guess <laughs> don't do that we no, are in don't. no way sponsored or affiliated with HelloFresh. no and we wouldn't be unless they offered us money in which case we would be we um, do have an amazon link i haven't we haven't ever mentioned it but we do have like oh we were gonna we were gonna shill for this but then it was like the week that the strikes were announced and yeah we, were, like, we were we were gonna we got like a fucking audible thing and we were gonna start shilling that but then like the strikes happened and we went Oh, it's maybe not shell for Amazon right now. <laughs> like, let's let's shell for that on our other podcast that gets more listens. True, we might start doing that right at uh, the end, <laughs> the episode. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that sounds lovely. I'll never watch it. Um, that's, that's completely fair. <laughs> I don't care about your sea bass. No it's one nice. likes. No one likes sea bass. Let me show you a picture of it. Hang no, on. I don't no, care. I took a, No, I did the cool thing where I took a picture of my food, like cool people do. <laughs> Look, I'm showing you. Great, that's lovely. That looks genuinely horrendous. It looks amazing, and I also saw a meme that said Seabass is short for Sebastian. <laughs> I'm also like <laughs> I I also have a general hatred of Seabass because 
whenever you catch a sea bass in Animal Crossing, it always uh, says, <laughs> it always comes up with the same little message, which is so fucking annoying after you see it like a hundred times in a row when you're yeah. trying to catch a shark or whatever. And it's like, oh, I caught a sea bass. It's at least a C plus. Fuck off. <laughs> I wanted a shark. Anyway. <laughs> Look, well, I hope that hasn't happened to anyone. <laughs> oh, it almost certainly has. Um, anyway, uh, that is the show, Lawrence. That is Crime Drama Christmas. Have you had yeah. a festive time? I've had a very festive, miserable time most of the Great. time. With well, show. next week we're going to have a very festive time because we're doing this. Hi. Hello. I'm Miles. I'm Greg. I was his brother. Do you want some company? Yeah, love some. Wahoo! It's not Mario. It is not Mario. And tell you what, thank you very, very much for listening. Uh, if you have enjoyed the show, then please feel free to leave us a review. Five stars would be very much appreciated. You can do that on your podcast platform of choice. You can also give us a little follow on Twitter. We are at Another Happy Pod. That is where you'll get little post reminders for new episodes that go live every single Friday at 10 a.m. As well as it's a place where you can suggest little topics you'd like us to discuss. No promises on that. Maybe we'll get around to them. Maybe we won't. Uh, Nathan... Uh, we have another podcast. I would love you to tell me more about it. I'll, I'd love that too, Lawrence. It's called Still Got Legs. It's our Doctor Who rewatch podcast, where every week we watch and discuss an episode of Doctor Who. It's a great fun time. Come along and join us. We're having a lot of fun. We are indeed. Uh, thank you very, very much for listening. We will see you all next week for a slightly less depressing discussion, I would hope. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>